Negro look like he goes egg at hunting. <laughs> you know, I, if you want to bake one and well, give it to well, me in the not, morning or something, you're some eggs. Man. Well, well, I'm a Texas soldier. You're right. Yeah, I'm born in Texas and we moved here. So I'm a Texas soldier. I've been raised here. I'm a Texas soldier. But some things you just still don't get into. That's white focusish. That's white focus. That's white focusish. Uh, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Watch the show. We're doing an Instagram live. We're gonna kind of see how that works. You know, we're on YouTube and we're on Facebook. Make sure to like and share this stream if you think we have good content. We appreciate it. You know, it's the best way for our voice to get out there. If you appreciate the show and you like it, um, I'm talking. Top of that, make sure that you head to our linked tree account, and it kind of connects you with everything. and And you can definitely go on there and share um, that actual website. and It's l i n k t r period e e forward slash b r b d. It's going to connect you to our YouTube, our Rumble account, um, our Patreon account, and um, that's going to allow you to really interact with the show and be able to be connected wherever we're streaming and whatever we're doing. Absolutely, and contribute, contribute, contribute. Yeah. I've been saying that a lot um, since I've been doing this campaign, and so I ain't ashamed to say, yeah, give us some. Yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely visit our Patreon account, and as soon as you start getting subscribers, um, we actually have. Uh, a special uh, gift that's going to be coming. I haven't even told Jamar yet what it is. I'm still not going to tell what? him. Um, but once we get some more subscribers, going to be some some things that you guys can get, some gear you can get that is going to make you feel a little bit more part of the show. So before you pay the bills, yeah, I just want to ask, make sure that our listeners and viewers are have. We'll give them a few seconds here, because this is the time we should.
we should have already, but start your watch party, start your stream, do the yeah. live yeah. to make sure that you're sharing the show so that your friends could get mad at me or get mad at AK and come back and listen. Because right now, we're, we, what'd you say? We're streaming on our. Uh, this is our Instagram. Our Instagram. So we're yeah. raving. So you guys don't think I'm just. I'm waving to the folks here on our Instagram yeah. account. And uh, we want to thank you guys for making sure you join us. But I hope that you guys are streaming this live and sharing it as well, too. Pay the yeah. bills. So. We definitely want to make sure that uh, as you're kind of going through, it's the end of fall, going into winter, you're looking at some of your gear and you're like, man, I need some fresh gear. If you're in St. Paul, please head over to 991 Payne Avenue and visit Just Imagine. They have Superfly clothes. They got shoes. They got McCobies. They got Jordans. Um, you know, they got uh, all these amazing urban streetwear clothing for men and women. We even have local jewelry and handbags that are there so please stop in and also if you're not in the twin cities area please head over to justimagine651.com again justimagine651.com and you'll be able to pick some of this fly gear that we got um david posting up and that's the owner of the shop just so you know if you want to stop in in person open thursday uh, sorry wednesday through uh, saturday from 12 until seven o'clock you'll be able to stop in actually see the shop and our producer actually stopped by, and, and he got some gear, got hooked yeah. up. Make sure that when you go to checkout that you enter in BRBD as a referral code, and you're going to get 10% off of your order. And I want to continue to thank him, man. He's uh, sticking in there with us. All of our sponsors are hanging there with us, you know, the ebb and flow of a podcast. And uh, our sponsors, we're lucky to have good sponsors that's been hanging in there with us. So especially uh, – David, did you say his name? Yeah, yeah, David. He's, yep. a, uh, he's a black man, and this is a... Uh, uh, excuse me. <clears throat> I've been talking without my mic on. <laughs> so I don't know if you caught all that. I just was saying thank you, David. They got great sponsors because you guys have been hanging in there with us. But David is, an, uh, is a black entrepreneur, and so we especially want to highlight and make sure that you guys are checking out the shop because the mom and pop uh, businesses are the fabric. Now, say I'm not sounding like Republican. I'm just yeah. sounding what's real. Yeah, yeah, no. They're the fabric of of the city, of the state, of this country. And when they thrive, we thrive as a city, yeah. right? Yeah. And then they, that's when they go hiring. Um, I think uh, uh, Clint was making the point today, was making the point today that uh, business owners, uh, small business owners, excuse me. Tend to hire people from the community. Yeah. Right? There's people that live and work in the right. area, you know? Because they know them, right? Yeah. And, and while we're talking about different local businesses, make sure that if you're thirsty, you head on over to the Weber Mart. Make sure to grab yourself something nice, cold to drink. They've got everything that a convenience store has. They got postage. They got money orders. Uh, you're able to get all your needs, but please head over to the Weber Mart, patronize their business, show them uh, you know, the support and love that they show us as being a sponsor. And if you yourself want to sponsor the show, you can always hit us up. Facebook, send us an instant message. Uh, Instagram, send us an instant message. Hit us up on our, our email, which is on our Facebook, and you too can you know, be part of the show. I'm a little hungry, so where should I probably get a little vittles while we're watching the show? You want to head over to the Egg Roll Queen. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, they got mm -hmm. an enormous selection of egg rolls. They're very large in uh, their their actual yeah. build oh, they're huge um, and they have specialty so if you've been wondering what a pizza egg roll would taste like give them a call and i'm sure they're gonna whip it up for you and dessert egg rolls yeah. too. remember yeah oh. those super good we gotta so, have we them got come out here we yeah we gotta have them here. come out and make us a because we uh last year was it already yeah yeah gone yeah. um they brought out a sample they had the dessert uh egg rolls and they had the different uh, specialty egg rolls and we ate them all and as ak i need you you because you got a bigger hand than mine how big was it gigantic <laughs> huge but yeah please visit the egg roll queen and um get hooked up with some of their delicious food absolutely where's egg roll queen i got it where's it at so i i don't have the address off the top of my head but it's up on the screen is it to be up on the screen <laughs> and then you can find it that way we should know it but it'll be up on the screen uh ak bro uh you know the the one great thing about this show is, uh, well, first of all, I wish we were on every day, right? Yeah. But, um, you know, we laugh and joke here, but, you know, the city is, like, really near and dear to my heart. Mm -hmm. And, AK, we're at 75 murders officially right now, bro. Yeah. 75 murders. Uh, I don't know when the crap is going to end, man. And the next 20 days are so crucial because we uh, can have a new mayor 
that ursher's in a new era. We could have new city council individuals that ursher in a new era. Or uh, some of those greedy bastards could uh, maintain their office and we could have uh, no longer a police department. Sure. I was at a debate last night between Reverend McAfee and, oh, I'm sorry, don't Dr. Oh, Minister, I'm sorry, I'll look for her sure, name. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, I don't remember. Sister, I don't remember her name. But um, she was, uh, she's obviously, she she led the brigade. She started the brigade of uh, uh, question number, ballot question number two. And uh, she was fiercely defending it last night. Yeah. Um, and it's still amazing to me, AK, that here you are defending uh us of the police department. Well, she kept saying, um, well, no, because of the the Constitution, Minnesota Constitution, there has to be police officers. Okay. Uh, we know that. But in the charter, you write how many officers there has to be. She kept giving the line of there has to be a specific amount there's written in the Constitution, which I would love for her to show that to me. Uh, she could be right. But show me where there's a specific number. There's a specific number in the charter. Sure. But... I don't know that there's a specific number in the Constitution of officers, right? Because yeah. the Constitution doesn't – it's the state constitution, not a city constitution, right? Right. Yeah, the state is more of an overarching saying that there has to be some right. form of public safety. And that's that's what I think is so weird about the, the charter is that they know they're running up against a very large legal um, – you know, potential legal hurdle as they run up into if it did, God forbid, pass – you know, what does that actually look like? And so that's what's so weird to me. Um, just using it as a, an, as an experiment, I think is a, a, of all the places to have an experiment, I think Minneapolis is the worst place to it's try the, and try and do well, an experiment. And that's just me trying to see the other side. I, I don't see the other side. I think that law enforcement uh, as it exists is good. I think that you have reforms that make sense. I think that, that at the end of the day, but there are people that want to break laws and commit crimes, and they don't care. I don't personally. I don't care what your reason is, right? You can give me every sad sob story. I think people make decisions, and if there's someone there that is willing to take what's mine away from me, whether it's my business, my personal property, whether it's it's my life. I should be able to know that there's some entity that is going to stop that from occurring and remove that bad actor from my situation so I can continue to just live my life. She had no answer. Doctor, it was, excuse me, Minister Jonay Bates is, is her name. Sure. Um, she had no answers, bro. Yeah. She kept saying that uh, with this new public de safety department that black people were guaranteed to be treated humane. I wanted to shout out so bad. Where's that written at? Sure. Yeah, I, I yeah, mean, come on, yeah, bro. Yeah. You you can't you can't say that. Yeah, that this new how, how what where do you get that from? Yeah. Um, and here's my other question: is first of all, I, well, the fact that you have thirty days, how do you not have a tentative plan in place already that you can release that you can release to say, look, we've got this already, so we don't need thirty days. We've got a tentative plan right now. Maybe I'd feel a little better that sure, I'd say, sure. you know what. I might want to give that a try. Sure. If you have A, B, and C down, like th we're going to have 700 police officers. We're going to have 300 uh, mental health specialists. Because that's where she and I don't disagree. We agree with that. Sure. They're absolutely. You've said that. We all say that there should be officers are not trained mental health experts. So there should be people that go out with them. Because officers tend to pull their guns instead of pulling knowledge out. And I'm not knocking them but they're not trained so if if pookie is having an episode that officer is going to pull a gun and could kill him instead of having a mental health expert that can instantly recognize he's having a he's having a mental breakdown or that phone call that called the police from the, from the wife the baby mama whatever when she said pookie's in here acting a fool he ain't on his medication yeah you're not supposed to go there with guns drawn you should go there trying to talk him down off the ledge literally and figuratively it just is a farce. The word I can't remember, I couldn't find weeks ago. It's the word, and I, damn, I have it in the car. <laughs> but it's the word, if necessary. Yeah. Uh, they use the word shall and if necessary. If necessary are the cops. And she kept harping back on, the, because of the Constitution, there will be officers. Well, how many? 
Yeah. We're, we're a growing city. We're 420,000 deep. I think we're more, but we'll go with that number. Yeah. And we're down to 536 officers. That was yeah. the number the chief gave us. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. That's crazy. It, it is crazy. And, you know, when I hear you talk about the need to integrate more mental health professionals, I don't think most common sense folks are against that, Correct. right? Like I, I, I say, listen, if there's an issue that's occurring and we feel that there isn't enough of this training that can be done because let's be honest, law enforcement, they do wear a lot of hats and there's plenty of law enforcement that can deal somewhat on a, on a base level, um, you know, area when it comes to mental health. But if it works, if you can put together a program where you have mental health professionals that can help give better guidance and better interaction that leads to less uses of force, I'm all for that. I don't want anybody to have a use of force used against them. Sometimes it has to be necessary because you need to stop someone from hurting other people. But at the end of the day, I don't think most people in common sense world, and there's nothing that's prohibiting the city council from doing something like oh, that. Oh, she kept saying and, last night, yes. But that's she kept, not true. Because she kept they, saying they, that the city council had no responsibility for that. Yeah. You should, like, they, they, have ac they have access to, they can create separate programs. And I know that there's some legalese about how do you get these two departments to talk with each other, but there's a lot of things that can be done. And, and we have a guest here that probably can talk a little bit about those things but um you know it's absolutely you, you got to make sure to get out there you got to vote with your feet i know it's in you know with especially minneapolis it's always an off election year um but people really need to turn out because we know oh, you know man. just from past elections the people that are most fired up about it that want to vote yes they're going to show up in full force yes. and so if you want your voice to be heard show up and vote whatever your conscience is i hope you vote no, I don't live in Minneapolis, but if you don't show up and you don't vote or you, you say, ah, this is never going to happen, you're going to lose. You're going to lose. You're absolutely right. And let's remember, officers aren't preventers. They, uh, they react. Yeah, and so they're I reactionary think that, force. Right, and I think that we kind of – I got lost on that, right? And I had to hear that. And I'm like, that's true. You it know, is true, yeah. They don't prevent, Right. Unless they're setting up uh, on a sting or something like well, sure, that, yeah, right? Yeah, right. If, if you know, there, there is low level stuff where if they catch someone before they do something, Correct. sure. But yeah, yeah right. like in general, yeah. you know, they react to the crime, they're right? Yeah. And so That's we got to remember that. I think too often we think the cops are preventers, and she kept saying that last night, and I just thought to myself, like, they're not preventers. Yeah. They can be, like you sure, said, certain aspects, yeah. Yeah. but yeah. most of the time they just react. Yeah. So yep. again. Um, Let's bring in our guest, uh, Mayorio candidate, uh, great dude, um, DFL uh, candidate, Clint Connor. Welcome to the show, Clint. Thank you. How are you, you, my man? Tomorrow. Yeah, thank you, Nikki. Let yeah. me let me uh, say Saturday when I met, uh, excuse me, when I was at uh, Open Streets, I met uh, Sheila with an attitude. I mean, Sheila for the people. <laughs> Uh, I call it Sheila with an attitude. <laughs> I, uh, you know me. You know I don't hold back. You don't hold back. Man. I got. I got So I asked her. I said, um, "Can you tell me who's you know me? Who's black and in position in your cabinet?" Uh, why she's adjusting her mask? It's, well, um, we, we have a, a, a Somali American. She's on the communications. I said, Sheila. I just asked you. Name the black person <laughs> in position on your staff. I didn't say Arab or Somali American. I actually the black person. She put her hands in her hips then. I said, okay. 75 murders. And I think it was 74 Saturday. So I'm like, 74 murders. You're still a defunder. 48 of them, 40 plus have happened on the north side where I live. How are you still a defunder? Well, what would you do? What would you do? How would you situate? <laughs> I said... I'm not running for mayor. <laughs> Why are you asking me that? I said, yeah. I'm asking you. Oh, by the way, I'm Jamar Nelson of uh, Black Republican and Black Democrat, the, a show that reaches tons of black people. And I can't wait to show and tell my community that every time, every question I asked you, you answered it with a question. You had no answer. I was like, you're a joke. Sure. You are the, the real reasons why we should vote for Clint and anybody else that doesn't have your name. <laughs> sure. Bro, she had no answer. She kept asking me, what would I do? She was just, you know, attitude -y and I'm like, so wait a minute. You haven't got somebody like, you haven't run into somebody like me already? You've been campaigning for a year. You ever run into a person like me? <laughs> this is going to push back a little bit. Correct. Yeah. Black or white, right? Yeah. And this is what you get? 
You're like Philippe. That's I don't want a combative um, elected official. Yeah. Right. Your your skin has to be thick. Clint, do you have thick thick skin? Absolutely. Good, 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 yeah. good. Let's get to some of these questions. Yeah. Man. I, th- I just thought that was funny that <laughs> Sheila with the attitude could not answer any questions. So I'm imploring you guys. You might have Sheila on your docket. No. Vote for this guy. And if you want, give uh, Mayor Fryer number two. Give Clint number one. I'm giving Clint a number one. I can vote in Minneapolis. I'm giving Clint a number one. And I will be giving Fryer number two. Uh, Sheila, you will not be a thought. Because Sheila with an attitude has no plan. Bro, she could not... I thought it was so like Katie. I'm sorry, tell me her last name. How do you pronounce it? No, no, no. The the oh, the other oh, candidate, Kate Knuth. Kate Knuth. You know, she was a little bit more sweeter and answered a few questions. I'm like, okay, you're not serious. Either. <laughs> All right, so we'll get to Clint. Yeah, to Clint. I, I'm excited, Clint. Um, it's been it's been a while since we've had a mayoral candidate, and um, I was kind of new to the show. And now that I've been around for a little while. Um, you know, I'm I'm excited to hear your positions on on some few issues. Yeah. Right? yeah. Well, thanks for having me. Absolutely. I really, really, really appreciate it's this. It's our pleasure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Thrill. Yeah. Let's get down to the meat of the bones. Uh, uh, who are you? Yeah. Who am I? I'm a father of three. Uh, I live in Minneapolis. I've been here for eight years. I was born here. Uh, extended families all here, Twin Cities and and outstate. Um, Lifelong Vikings fan, lifelong oh, well, Vikings baby. Well, he can be on the show anyway. Uh, hey, you gotta we'll love keep him on here anyway. You gotta love him. They break your heart, but you yeah. know you got thick skin. Speaking of that, that's I, got, true. I also have a strong heart. Now that's what you gotta have. A thing. I also yeah. have a strong heart. Yes. You gotta get through these times. And uh, <laughs> I tell you, they've been breaking it a lot. But um, yeah, so I uh, I love this city, you know. And and I was uh, married for 14 years, uh, constantly plugging Minneapolis as a place to live long-term and raise our children to my wife who was raised in Southern California. And, um, you know, initially those discussions didn't, didn't go all that well, frankly. She didn't really want to hear it. <laughs> I don't blame her. And, Minnesota, uh, you know, <laughs> California. I know, right? Well, you know, SoCal, she's from SoCal. She grew up playing tennis and all this stuff. And, um, you know, she's true, true Southern Californian. And, um, you know, she, though, went to Notre Dame uh, undergrad. And so that's in Indiana and got familiar with that. We met in Chicago. And so she kind of did start falling in love with the Midwest. And uh, we met in Chicago, got married there, and um, ended up after meeting in Chicago. I went to law school in North Carolina, University of North Carolina. Then, then we were my first law job was in New York City. And then uh, I got transferred out to Silicon Valley, San Francisco area, and then ultimately transferred out to Tokyo, Japan, where we were for five years. Mm. And uh, we had three girls that were born along those stops, one in New York, one in Silicon Valley, one in Tokyo. And um, throughout that time, I was plugging Minneapolis. Cool. And, uh, you know, you see these wonderful cities. You live in the wonderful places. They've got great things, obviously. But I was thinking at all times, but it doesn't compare to Minneapolis and the th- things that matter most, frankly, to me. Sure. And um, I kept at it and uh, ultimately wore it down, apparently. And uh, so <laughs> She's we, here. we ended up uh, moving back here 2013. Um, and so my immediate, fam- my immediate family moved around a lot when I was growing up. Uh, I was born here, extended family here, but my dad worked for the federal government. He left the Air Force, took a job with the federal government, and um, we ended up moving around like Army brats. So we were in uh, Superior, Wisconsin, Peoria, Illinois, Chicago area. Uh, Michigan is where I went to high school, and then I went to the University of Michigan. And um, despite all that moving around, this is where we'd come back. Sure. Every holiday, every summer. And I was a huge Viking fan. You know, my, my yearbook in Michigan... Um, everybody had some kind of like, this is what this person might do in there. And mine was, we'll play tight end for the Minnesota Vikings. Okay. I, didn't, I, didn't <laughs> I didn't achieve that dream. But uh, I'm trying to achieve other dreams. And, um, you know, we are, we're loving, we are, my, you know, the Southern California wife loves it. Um, children doing great. Uh, fantastic city. We need to be leading on a global stage on so many issues. We are a phenomenal city, and I will be the biggest ambassador in any we've seen from a mayor, but I've been a big ambassador as it is, and I travel overseas. I'm always propping uh, Minneapolis. I get people to visit me here from overseas um, on business, and uh, and people love it here. But, you know, the last year has been wow, right? Yeah. We're losing. That's, that's one way. It's getting yeah. away yeah. from yeah. us. It, it absolutely is. We're now is. known for things we shouldn't be known for. Yeah. And we can talk about this in more detail, but you know, like we had one of the, we had obviously one of the most shocking incidents in U.S. history that blew people's minds, and people like myself were like, 
are you kidding me? Like we all thought, like, are you kidding me that this is happening after what has already happened? It's, yeah. So you, you uh, see, I like this guy. He's getting, you know, ahead of some of the questions <laughs> I'm asking. Uh, I, I'll, I'll ask you that. I ask every, well, I'll ask you now. I ask every candidate here. Uh, was what happened to George Floyd? Was that murder to you? Absolutely murder. I, okay, thank you. I love people not to sugarcoat shit. Uh, why are you running though? Yeah, I'm running because the city's getting away from us. It is absolutely getting away from us. And I was watching, as we all were, who were paying attention, seeing the numbers. Right? I'm a numbers logic guy. You know, I was an engineer. Uh, I then went back to law school to become a patent infringement litigator. I believe you know, I was fighting over inventions in court. And uh, I believe about in facts, science, technology, numbers. And um, seeing those numbers, one number that blew my mind toward the end of April was 19 children shot in our city just in the first four months of this year. And I was, I could not believe that. That's nuts. This is, you know, people who obviously children cannot control their, their circumstances. Correct. And you were mentioning decisions. Mm -hmm. Children don't make decisions about where they live and That's what's right. going on around them. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that to me was like, wow, uh, we have to, what is the mayor doing here? And I was following, you know, the year and a half we had since the murder of George Floyd in the aftermath. And I was thinking as violent crime is skyrocketing and we're losing news about the number of police officers dropping and thinking, well, you know, tomorrow the mayor's going to come out. Tomorrow's going to mayor's going to come out. This is when the, we're going to hear about the mayor, about the short-term, long-term plans. This is where we're going to hear the mayor talk about the children who have been shot and killed. What are we doing to find the people who did that? What's what is going on? Day after day, waiting for that. Yeah. And um, we had a DFL endorsement process in March, watching what was happening there. And you know, meanwhile, I have my own. We have our own lives going on, and I've got a you know, go to work and do my thing and all that stuff. But, you know, what's going on here? So DFL endorsement process. Sheila Najad, the person who's been most adamant, saying really kind of harsh things about police. And believe me, you know, obviously some police deserve to be uh, treated harshly and, and talked about harshly. But what we're missing here is we have the reality is we've got a lot of great police officers we do. that have dedicated decades of their lives and careers to public safety yeah. and who have spent their own resources going to schooling and training and all those things. And so I saw this DFL endorsement process go, and she's getting the most votes. And I'm thinking, okay, mayor disappears. This is going on. When is the DFL going to put forth some candidate that's just going to be like, you know, this is it? And that didn't happen. And so I'm watching. Then the numbers keep climbing. Uh, number of children shot, you know, 30. And where's our mayor? And so I had some serious discussions with my, my wife. And I, I said, you know, do you see, we see what's going on here. And uh, she's politically astute. She, yes, she uh, is. when I met her, she was working for the Chicago Tribune. Um, she knows every name in politics. She knows so much about politics. Um, and I would go to her and I'd say, you know, what are you thinking about this? And she's like, well, of course, this is crisis. And I, and I think, I'm thinking like, you know, Chris, I, I, what about me running for mayor? And she says, <laughs> she's like, have you, have you looked at, your, you're a white guy. And so do you think right now in today's climate, and by the way, I'm just going to pick this yeah, phone. Yeah, no, do you I think in today's climate, that's a good idea? Yeah. Um, and I was like, you know, you're right. And I went back to my thing. And, um, you know, but I got up day after day thinking more and more about this. And then I was like, you know, think about this. Our people, I hear a lot of people talking that we've got a weak mayoral system, they say. Yeah. And uh, if you're not addressing the fact that we have the strongest mayoral system regarding policing ever devised in a city charter, you're missing the point. So our city might be a weak mayoral system, except for public safety. And here's what I'm saying. It, you know, you pop up the city charter, which is our constitution. It's got section 7.3. Section 7.3 says police. And right under police, it says the mayor has complete power over establishing the police department, maintaining the police department, commanding the police department. That means daily supervision. That means rules and orders all for the operation of that department. And I saw that language and I was like, 
holy cow, you can't have a stronger mayoral system regarding policing anywhere in the country. And that, coupled with what we were seeing going on in the streets, coupled with the fact that I'd never heard from our mayor about what's going on. Um, you know, I ask people this, these three questions. And I've, I've been on a, this is the last two weeks. I've probably reached a thousand, well over a thousand people with these questions. And they've all answered them the exact same way. And when they all answer these the exact same way, it means we are lacking leadership in policing. The first question I ask is, in the year and a half since George Floyd was murdered, have you heard a single story from our mayor about a single good police officer in the MPD? And no one raises their hand. Then I ask, in the year and a half since George Floyd's murder, how many people here have heard a story more generally about good work that the police is, are doing on the streets? And no one ever raises their hand. Then thirdly, I say conversely, how many people have heard from our mayor, setting aside the high-level concept of systemic racism, which there has to be, which we've seen, how many people have heard a story about the number of officers who are problems, where they are in the police department, what levels do they coordinate, what are their backgrounds, how many offenses have they had in the police department, how many people have heard anything along those lines from our mayor, and no one ever raised their hand. Hmm. And to me, leader of organization has to fundamentally, from the very basics, leadership one-on-one, promote the good within. Because your people who are working for you must know that they have a leader who supports them and when they're doing a good job. Right. And then secondly, you address what's broken and you fix it. And if you can't fix problems, you don't understand. And I have not heard a story that indicates to me that our mayor has been talking to many police officers. Mm. Right. Yeah. OK, so since joining, here's what I have done to try to um, identify and understand what's happening in the police department. I have developed a lot of relationships with the police, de police department and police officers. I have been on three ride-alongs. I went on uh, August 21st to a ride-along in the first precinct downtown. Uh, I can tell you stories about that. I have gone on a ride-along in the third precinct, and I can tell you stories about that. That's Lake Street Corridor all the way down across town. Uh, this last Saturday, I did a ride-along in North Minneapolis in the fourth precinct, and I can tell you stories about that. Uh, each of those experiences were incredibly alarming. Um, from a, we are undersourced, outmanned, and overwhelmed. And it is frightening what's going on right now. At the same time, I will tell you that the police officers that I've worked with are good people. Now, these are, of course, just snip snapshots of what goes on with a subset of individuals. But I have been very impressed, to say the least. No. Um, no. And we can talk about some more details there. No, no, no. That, that, that's uh, leads into a lot of my questions. I was listening. I, you know, I'm normally a big interrupter, but uh, I'm, you know. Um, a little bit different for me. I always like to hear people out. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm a big interrupter. Uh-huh. You are? Um, no, so, so you were kind of getting into that. The, the, the weeds with my next question was like, okay, so what's the difference between yourself and the incumbent, you know? Uh, you both are DFLers. Uh, you both qualify to be Democrats. Um, both are white. So if I'm from the hood or from a, a minority neighborhood, why am I selected another white guy? What's the difference between yourself and Fry? Yeah. Well, I've got a two-pronged approach, right, based on reality, based on the world we live in, based on pragmatism. And the two-pronged approach, which I've not seen our, our current mayor take, is number one, We've got to promote the good police officers within the police department. We have to tell their stories. The mayor has to use that platform that the mayor has and only the mayor has to get the word out about the good police we have and the good police work we're doing to, number one, keep the good police officers we do have. Because, as to your point, we're down under 600. We should have at least 888, and I'd want more than 888. Exactly. Um, and actually— Chief Arredondo, who's the best chief of police in all of America for dealing with these issues we're dealing with right now, he wants more police as well. Damn sure. In fact, did. when we were up in the 800s, he wanted 400 more. When 400 more requested for yeah. more, he, the and mayor he did, and the council said no. And he did not get it. So um, 
people say the mayor's running in lockstep with the chief. No, he's no, he's not. He's not actually. Um, he's just the best thing the chief's got right now. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And so um, you've got to promote the good to make this an enticing career. We have to recruit people. Our recruiting classes right now, with the narrative the way it is, is at like. This is what I've been told by insiders who do this from the police department who train at Metropolitan State. Uh, Metropolitan State class sizes are used to be at 75, they're at 25. Mm. And this is not cream of the crop, right? Also, our police department is not paid the way they should be. They, at the five-year mark, where they get a jump in pay at three years, jump in pay in five years, at the five-year mark, we're not even top 20 wow. in the larger Twin Cities area. For pay, that's crazy. That is crazy. And wrong. Big you city. get what you pay for. And if we want to increase uh, recruiting, we better start paying people. And so, um, yeah, same time that we're we're promoting, which is with PR, which is news stories about positive things that we're doing. And Jamar and I were talking about some positive stories that Jamar has about police that I didn't know beforehand, but that are indicators of the good work and good police we do have. At the same time, I've been an investigator working in high-profile litigation for 17 years. And when I say investigator, I mean we deal with things called discovery, where you're asking the other side for information and gathering your story. It means you're, you're asking hard questions, you go to depositions, you're digging in and you're going through documents and you're identifying more information that you need and you're forcing the other side to provide it by a certain time frame. And when you do that for 17 years and the cases I've worked on uh, often involve thousands of jobs, divisions of companies, sometimes nine figures, and I've never lost a patent litigation case in my 17 careers. And I've, I've over 17 year career, and I've overcome extreme odds, leading teams to victory. And what we have to do is have that kind of mindset and drive and experience to dig into this police department and find out what's going wrong, right? And yeah. that means talking to people. Yeah, you know, one of the, one of the things for me, um, watching everything as it's unfolded, I don't live in Minneapolis. I. I have frequented Minneapolis for for a long time because you know that's kind of where everything's at. If you're in the Twin that's Cities right. area, that's, that's where you go to get stuff done and where you, where you go to interact with folks. And the thing that's always been interesting to me, I'm a Republican. And, no, and I am yeah. an you're Republican. I'm an unabashed Republican. No, and as I saw things unfold, I think that I saw too much politicking and not enough problem solving. And, you know, we, I can sit here and we, we can debate back and forth and ask all these, all these different questions. But ultimately what it comes down to me is the police have a very standard function, right? And that's to, to serve the people and more specifically to um, try and reduce the amount of crime that's occurring, right? There's obviously proactive policing um, in which you are trying to do surveillance and figure out who's doing what, where, and then there's actually going out and stopping uh, people that are committing bad acts. But there's so much more to that. And, and I think that, like you said, there's this aspect of people not having these stories. Now, my mother-in-law, she's been, um, she was with the St. Paul Police Department as a property evidence clerk for a bunch of years, and now she's with the Metro State Police. And so I always get invited to the award ceremony that they do, right? And when I went to this last one, I was, I was blown away because they tell all of these stories that you never hear about of how officers put their lives in the line and they were saving people. And then they gave out awards to someone that was a good Samaritan that that stopped. There was a police officer that was getting beat down and a, a civilian jumped out of his car, a young black man, and helped subdue the person who had a MAC-10 uh, submachine gun in his backpack, right? And so, like, I thought to myself when I was talking to some of the officers, I'm like, people don't hear these stories. You guys are out here doing all these things, delivering babies, all these different things that that you're doing. But my question to you really is, you're you're – you're a DFLer, right? Mm -hmm. um, how difficult is it for you to have this message when there seems to be, especially in Minneapolis, you know, you got Ilan Omar and, and you have all these other city council candidates that have been on this defund or abolish the police. How do you step to that when the powers that, that be, it seems like in Minneapolis, are so fervent against that, mm -hmm. that kind of conversation? Mm -hmm. You know, you're talking about increasing and funding the police more, and that's kind of counter. So how do you counter that as, as a DFLer? Well, that's a great question. And, of course, um, you've hit the nail on the head. Uh, how you counter it is, is, is you don't care. Um, you know, I, I, I care about what is right. I care about what is reality. I care about numbers and logic. 
And I don't care if people are not going to be happy with the way I say things when I believe very strongly, and I think the logic and facts back me up on, to your point, stories about individuals we have in our police department. And um, we have to bring things back to reality. We have to have a leader who's bold enough to say, that's just not right. Sure. Right? And you might be right to a degree, but you're not all the way right. And so, you know, we have to stop the labeling. We have to stop name calling. And I don't care if you're Republican. I don't care if you're Libertarian, Green Party, what have you. We can all find common ground on certain things. And I think the thing we can find common ground on is safety. Because you can't be productive. You can't enjoy your life if you're constantly in fear. And we have people who are constantly in fear. Right. And the people who I talk to in certain parts of the city, you know, North Minneapolis being an example, a lot of them are in constant fear and they want more police. These are the people who want more police and are most vocal about it. You know, we have to have that discussion and people who are, you know, going through life thinking that somehow we are not going to have criminals who are taking advantage of the situation. We're not going to have people doing crazy things if they're given the opportunity. I think those people just have to come back to reality. Sure. And the reality is, look what we have going on in our streets. And if you open your eyes and read the paper, and if you take it, go talk to some people who have experienced things, you'll realize it's pretty bad. When mm. you have 48 children shot that don't have any say in their situation, we can never have that again. Yeah. Which yeah. brings me to another question, you know? I mean, we've experienced 75 murders here, 48 children shot, three dead, four critically wounded, uh, one's uh, recovering. Thank God Ladalian is uh, uh, recovering. Uh, how do you stop gun violence? I mean, mm -hmm. the, the spike of gun violence. We could say crime, and I, people tend to generalize it, but specifically the rise, the uptick in gun crime has been within the last two years. They said the most in a generation. And since George Floyd, there has been 150 murders. That's asinine. That's friggin' asinine. How do we stop gun? How do yeah. we stop gun crime? Well, yeah, you're. Right. I mean, gun guns are, you know, where why we're at where we're at, right? I mean, in a big, well, I mean, setting aside, we're dealing in the policing discussion right now on symptoms and not the causes. So we can talk about the causes later. We are where we are for a lot of reasons unrelated to guns. Um, but you know we have guns and a lot of them. You tend to think that poverty has a oh, uh, has a has a uh, something to do with the uptick in gun violence or violence period. Absolutely. I mean, we desperation causes people to do desperate things, and hopelessness causes people to act without hope and desperate, and do things they wouldn't do if they had stability in their lives. And we have to have. Uh, stability brought into the lives of many Minneapolitans. Who is that the job of the mayor, though? I mean, some would say yes, and uh, some would say no. So is that the job? I mean, shouldn't the mayor be a, the city's biggest cheerleader? And is that what's happening now? Well, I, absolutely, the mayor should be the biggest cheerleader for the city. I mean, this is, this is the highest, you know, elected position, um, the face of the city, the person with access to all of the social, the media and, um, and the resources and the platform, of course, that person has to be, uh, that's their, their, one of their primary jobs is to be the biggest cheerleader for the city. If you're mayor yeah. though, and we experiencing the 75 murders like we're doing now, is it fair to blame the mayor? And I, I, I know that's not yeah. what you're doing. I'm asking a general question because yeah. a lot of people always blame the mayor, the, yeah. right? He's yeah. the executive of the city. Yeah. So is it fair to blame the mayor? And again, how do we stop or prevent uh, gun violence? Mm -hmm. Going to the, is it fair to blame the mayor? If there's any blame to be cast, it should be uh, directed at the mayor, frankly. And mm -hmm. again, going back to this, we have a weak mayoral system except for public safety. The people who designed our system said, we want the mayor to focus on public safety and policing. That should be their job number one for any mayor of Minneapolis. Yeah. And... Um, in fact, the current mayor did run on a platform of improving police community relations in 2017. He did, right. And look where we are, right? So we have to have a mayor, though, with, who's a buck stops here individual and is willing to stake their entire mayoral term on this issue. 
And, you know, Mayor Fry ran on a platform of, of improving police community relations in 2017, but he also had other platform positions, and he didn't make that job number one, mm. right? And um, we have to have a mayor acknowledge this is our city structure. Let's assume that ballot question number two does not pass. Um, and the bottom line is the mayor has that responsibility over the police. And we have to have someone who is embracing that, who is acknowledging it at all times during their candidate, their their run as mayor, and then also is using all of that authority to get the job done. And so would I blame the mayor? I don't – who else to blame, frankly? Um, city council has created a narrative that is unhelpful, but the narrative didn't result in where we are. Uh, the city council cannot – supervise the police department the city council cannot jump in and they think so order the well they don't they actually well they they think that they can control the funding and they can with the mayor the mayor's not cut out of that that scenario and that's an annual thing um they they went at this from a funding angle they've never i don't think tried to as far as i know i've not heard a story about them trying to command the police department and so that's with the mayor and so we can go back in time and and say, well, why was Derek Chauvin allowed to train people after being found to have done all these other things before he murdered George Floyd? The mayor is the commander of that department. Um, why, after the murder of George Floyd, did certain things happen with the police department, which maybe resulted in escalation? And the mayor is the chief commander of the mm -hmm. police department. And we can talk about the third precinct and evacuating the third precinct, despite the fact that no police officer said, "Hey, we got to get out of here because we're going to die." Um, it's it's funny you say that. Yeah. We had Doctor Jensen. Like, yep. He he was saying some of the same thing. Wasn't it Doctor Jensen that would think that was saying that? Was yeah. It? Well, well, actually, it was Senator Gazelka. Gazelka was talking about he was Gazelka. texting. He was texting Dayton and. And was asking, but I him, thought it was uh, Jensen that was saying how what the officers yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was. Was it, it was Jensen? Jensen yeah. So he was saying some of the same thing you were saying. The cops weren't saying that they wanted to evacuate the police precinct. They felt safe in there. But now, as a mayor, if you're confronted with that, mm -hmm. you're you're the you're the you're, you're Mayor Connor, like 2020, and you get that phone. Call, even the phone call you get, you you're looking at TV. and you see this damn building is a fire. You see people are outside enraged. As a mayor, you don't make that same call, you don't think? No. Because in hindsight, being 2020, no. you don't make that same call. No, no one had been killed. And we had a precedent-setting set of circumstances. We can either allow a precinct to be sacked, which now sets a precedent, where now if other things occur down the road, people think they have to one-up that or what. So, no, if the police department, the police officers who are in harm's way at that point are saying we can hold our ground um, and they've got rubber bullets, they've got other things that they can use, I would not have made that call. Um, I will say that going back in time, one thing that I have a big problem with, right? We're talking about the city structure. We're talking about the mayor being the command, the, having complete power of commanding that department. Mm -hmm. um, look, we, before the murder of George Floyd, before that shocking thing that we saw after all the other things that had preceded, um, we did have preceding events, obviously, around here. We had Flanico Steel. Flanico Steel, that, even though that was not Minneapolis PD, that was disgusting. Mm. Um, all by itself could have been, you know, it had its own flavor of horrible. Right? It certainly did. And um, certainly did. Jamar Clark, different set of circumstances. People argue different things on that front. But either way, after both of those, public demonstrations. And... Um, Understandable, right? right? People's First Amendment. You, you know, we cannot have police brutality. And people should be out in the streets and expressing their views. They should be. If we're not then doing that, then something's wrong. So um, if you didn't see something coming down the pike, right? We all knew, right? We all knew what would be happening in Minneapolis the very next morning yeah, or next day. Yeah. And if you're the commander of the police department, here's what you should be doing as a mayor a elected official who's been elected by the people of Minneapolis to actually be responsible for the police and be responsible for commanding that department. What you must do in that scenario is say, all right, police, so we know what's going to be going on tomorrow night. 
we're going to have the chief. We're going to be talking here about the different, you know, what we're going to be doing tomorrow, plan of attack, plan of defense. And one thing you're not going to do is shoot any rubber bullets or set off any tear gas or do any less lethal force that, that could escalate this thing without my approval. Yeah. Right? Here's why. Because you're the elected leader. Right. And that is your responsibility. Secondly, if you're leaving it up to the police, of course there's going to be a police officer or two who do things that maybe you wouldn't want them to do. Right? If you don't say you don't do that, and if you don't do if you do that without my okay, you're fired tomorrow, which you can do emergency order, a special order. That's part of the charter. Uh, if you don't do that, and you allow police just to make their individual decisions as things happen. Well, what we had is rubber bullets. We had tear gas. People thought that escalated things from the protester side. And then pretty soon it changes day after day. And the mayor could be like, oh, I don't know. You didn't really hear much about what was from the mayor, what was happening there. You know, if you had a mayor that said, you don't do any of that stuff until I give the word in writing and it can, it'll, I'll be out open and awake this whole time. I'll have my staff with me as well. And you're going to get direct contact, obviously, with all the commanders. Um, if I make that call, people can blame me Right. if it goes at hand. And then I can explain myself because I've got the platform. So that's how this political system is supposed to work. You're supposed to be able to put the political leader in that position. That political leader takes that responsibility, and the political leader has the microphone and the media and can explain those decisions. The police that did some things out there mm -hmm. can't explain their decisions. And, in fact, what had happened is the the mayor then takes a step back, and people are blaming the police, of course. They're like, the police got out of hand. Look at that crazy. Yeah, and so yeah. now it's like this narrative that our mayor is allowed to take hold because he wasn't doing his job. And then since then, we've not had that mayor step up and say, I'm the leader here. A year and a half. You know, it's so interesting that you say that. So um, myself, I thought it's been strange to not hear more from from Fry. Like, I don't understand if if he's just made this political calculation that he doesn't want to potentially be voted out. So what he's kind of doing is like standing back. But I remember when Chief Arredondo had his press conference and he was talking in my mind, I'm like, where is the mayor at kind of leading this charge on a regular basis? And so, you know. There's so many different aspects. Um, you know, Jamar touched on on gun violence. As a person that uh, proudly um, exercises my Second Amendment, I carry every day. Um, I, I just file I, for mine, by the way. Oh, yes. good. Yes. I'm glad, yes. man. I, yes. You need to be strapped up, yes. brother. I'm going to be strapped. Um, and so the thing that I have, the question I have for you. Be I, careful. I, I think I think that that that. It's too easy, in my opinion, to point your finger at guns, okay? I understand that, that they are the tool that is used, but it's the mindset, okay? Mm -hmm. it, it truly is a mindset, and that's why, to me, when we talk about violence in general, um, it, when you narrow in and say, well, if we got rid of all the guns, I always, like, I take a step back, like, what are you talking about? I mean, every legal gun owner could turn in their guns, and there's going to literally be thousands of illegal guns on the street that people are committing crimes. And so for me, I, I look at that aspect and I say, from a mayoral standpoint, what types of things can you do to address some of these root causes, mm -hmm. right? Um, you know, is there any specific types of planning or programming that you want to try and address to, to, to really tackle the root cause? I know we talk about poverty, right? Mm -hmm. And, and doing some of those things And I know that there's only so much you can do in capacity as mayor. Um, but do you have any specific plans or programs that you would like to see implemented to try and help talk about some of these uh, issues, whether it's community um, programs that have a partnership with the city of Minneapolis or anything like that, that you think the city could do better at, because obviously they're failing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, great, great, great uh, question. Right. And to your your point about guns, we need a, enough police officers to be able to to deal with the illegal guns, and that's just manpower we don't yeah. have. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, so then about how to address the what I call the internal injuries in that, you know, when you're, when there's been a traumatic event, let's say you're talking about a person, you know, there's traumatic, they've had internal injuries and they're bleeding and they're bleeding profusely. And when you get to the crime, that crime scene, or you're trying to rescue that person, you first have to stop the bleeding, right? Yep. Stopping the bleeding is the police, right? If this is the body is the city of Minneapolis, the bleeding we're talking about, uh, the bleeding that Minneapolis is experiencing, how do you deal with that? The police have to deal with the bleeding and stop the bleeding. 
but you have to stop the bleeding in order to give enough time for that person to get back to the hospital and then start working on the internal injuries. And the internal injuries we're talking about are educational issues, housing issues, and opportunity with jobs, right? Yeah. And so um, we, we got to come back to the hospital and we have to have a surgeon who's able to identify what we need to save that person and save that life, that city of Minneapolis, and what we the bad things we have to get out of there, right? Yeah. And so the good things we have to add, um, we have to reach young people mm-hmm. at a level that we're not really reaching them right now. Yeah, sure. And um, it's not just, um, you know, community based uh, recreation, which I've heard we're investing in, which we have to do. I'm good. I'm glad we're doing that. We're talking about jobs and opportunity downstream. Yeah. And um, that means a huge amount of investment of time. And we need to have a lot of communication dialogue. And so one thing that I've been doing is spending time in the north side uh, and talking to people and just listening to stories because they're very happy to be talking about their situations and they're feeling like they haven't been um, had that opportunity very much. And you learn a lot. I don't know, you know everything uh, there is to know, obviously. And I need people to help with that dialogue and leaders that are, are in touch with the issues that communities are dealing with but you learn a lot when you listen you know, it's funny yeah. that you say that because jamar and i we beat this we beat this horse dead that for me i want to see republicans go into minneapolis and do what you're talking about go and listen mm-hmm. hear people out and and be interacting in the community so major props to you it's crazy that you're a dfler man yeah. i mean i'm never going to change my party affiliation but that's a great DFL. Uh, you are. Drop you, the labels. We're coming together. It's, it's, it's called Together as One. Hey, that's, hey, hey, that's right, buddy. Yeah. We've, got about, guy, we've got about four minutes. Yeah. So let's do like a quick round robin of questions that I think that are very vital. So let's uh, try to do that real quick. So, how do you revitalize the North Side mm-hmm. and the city? Mm-hmm. What do you do? Mm-hmm. So. We were up in open streets on West Broadway, and um, you know I was able to spend a significant amount of time there. And look, what a beautiful street that is, meandering, got the skitty skyline. It used to be, uh, you know, one of the crown jewel streets, and it should be a crown jewel street. We can make it that, right? So we have to invest in small businesses. So my third platform is small business boom, and I want to use uh, some emergency federal relief funding we have. I want to have public-private partnerships, and think very creatively on how we can create funds that will allow black Minneapolitans and other BIPOC community members to start businesses and grow and sustain them. Not just like it's going to last a few years, but rather we're going to work with you. This is a long-term thing. You need support. Things happen. Not everything works out perfectly. And we're going to be there to help you through that time because that creates stability. That creates now job opportunities right within the community because if you have your own business you're going to want to hire from your local community and we have to call on our fortune 500 companies that are all around our city that are have been making bank over covid yeah they want to help actually sure. and i know that they've come they've offered that and for some political reason had been refused before weird we have to get those well, well we have to get the, I, well one thing if i'm elected i will ask second day um, well, first day is going to be all hands on deck city, uh, meeting with the, all of our police department, um, series of meetings because they have shifts. But to remind them that uh, this is a power structure, they're going to have no bigger cheerleader ever to the extent they're doing their jobs responsibly the right way without bias and a service first mentality, which we're going to talk about. Secondly, I'm going to be investigating and I'm going to be talking to them. And if they're getting in the way of evolving this police department, I'm going to be exposing them. And the union cannot stop me from that. But um, Second day, we're going to start mayoral accommodations, starting with Chief Arandondo's list, starting with number one. But also, I want second day to ask the CEOs of Fortune 500 companies in the Minneapolis Twin Cities area to meet with me in City Hall. And we're going to start a series of meetings and think very creatively in how we can work uh, to promote and close this opportunity gap. And that is with businesses owned by the community members. That means training for jobs because people have to have opportunities for jobs. And we've got all these big companies, they're making a ton of money, and we've got to train people the right way to give them opportunity. And people want this. People do not want to be desperate. People do not want to be on the wrong side. Right, I agree. People want to be on the right side. They want to be productive. They want to help with this life. This is a very short life we have. And uh, we got to treat people this way. 
And that means not wasting a bunch of time and coming to the table together and really pushing for some really bold action with a lot of money that we have and making it such that it's not that any party really loses. We're all winning because we all do better when we all do better, as Paul Wellstone once said. And I remember I worked for him, so that's a great yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, uh, my last two questions here, uh, they're basically one and the same. Um, uh, where do you fall on ballot amendment question one and two? Mm -hmm. And if they... If question ballot amendment question two passes, what does the city look like without a police department? One, yes. Two, absolutely not. And what would the city look like without a police department? Um, unfortunately, the people who are proposed, you know, the proponents of ballot question two have not prevent, provided a plan despite having months and millions of dollars in this effort. And that is shocking. Um, but what I would not do. Not with this current city council. No, it didn't. What I would do is regardless <laughs> of what we are calling it, well, number one, I agree that we need mental health professionals, and Absolutely. I agree that we need yes. uh, social workers. Actually, every yes. cop that I've talked to in all of my ride-alongs, they, they all want thing. the same thing. Yes. Okay? Yeah. Actually, they did have COPE program, and we were talking about that's Hennepin County. we got to restart that, but and we got to make it bigger, and with other resources, I want to integrate the mental health professionals and social workers with the police so that they can be on site at the very start of any situation that involves those things. Um, but we, That's another issue. Um, so, you know, Ballot question two, if it was not to pass, we still need a mayor mm -hmm. who believes very strongly in a robust police department and will be an advocate for the robust police department and be an advocate for good policing and recruiting and the PR that has to go into that. And frankly, I am the best candidate to deal with that because right now our mayor is not seemingly able to do it. And then the uh, defunding side obviously wouldn't be able to do it. Mm -hmm. We have to have someone who's realistic, is going to promote those stories, is going to be, look, we cannot have, the one thing we need is stability. That is the m stability with people who live in our city, stability with the police department. Who would ever want to become a police officer in the current climate in Minneapolis with the narrative the way it is, and if there's no, you don't know how many officers are going to be there tomorrow? Probably not that probably great of people. Zero. <laughs> well, probably not that great of people. If someone's like, oh, I, I can't wait to yeah. get in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got them chomping yeah. at the bit to be yeah. officers, right? Usually yeah, yeah. issues of field that's growing, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. What I like, though, is, uh, I'm telling you, an, an, hour goes, an hour goes quick. So quick. What I like, though, about Clint is, is let me be fair, not a hypocrite, uh, I think before you became a co-host, we had were you co-host we had Mayor Fry on? No, I think of John. No, was here. no. Um, I wish I would. Um, I won't be a hypocrite. I am, um, I, as I said before, I'm going to give Fry my number two. Fry was number one until I met Clint and talked to Clint. And again, we don't have enough time. Damn, I'm with you to 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 say one a lot of reasons why I want um, Clint to be the the current mayor. But one of the good reasons is because this is a man that'll fight for folks that look like us, and yeah. um, we're having a reflective administration. Um, of the city that looks like us, you know, the current mayor right now has one black person, not a, any sure. other minorities working in the in this administration, and I think that that's nuts. You know how I am about that. <laughs> that's nuts. Yeah, no, that that is crazy. And and what I'll say is, this is my first time meeting you. Um, before any guest comes on, I always do a little bit of research, and I I read about a little bit about you, and I got to say that you come across as someone that genuinely cares, but's not interested in the political games. And I think that's refreshing to me. Um, you know, I've 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 been I went to the University of Minnesota and uh, you know on campus every day, and, and I've been involved in a lot of campaigns, um, and I've seen mayoral candidates come and go. But the way that you want to come at this, and you're you're concerned about the issue itself, and not about the political game mirrorship that goes on. And and uh, I would I would like to see you do really well, man. I, I really would. Um, you know, I can't vote for you because I don't, you. I don't live in Tell Minneapolis. Friends. Tell your um, friends. But yeah, I, I appreciate you coming on the show, being very candid. We've had uh, one other mayoral candidate I think was very candid as well, but um, you have a lot of breadth and depth in, in what you identify as problems and the fact that you're willing to listen to the people instead of to the political machine that is the most important thing for me as a guy that's conservative, that's individual-minded, and I appreciate you being very candid with us. Thank you. Thank Clint, you, uh, number one, thanks for coming on, man. And uh, matter of fact, let's try to have you on. So we're on the day after election, which is actually a good time, you yeah, know, which yeah, we were on election, yeah, yeah. but actually the, the next day after election. Yeah. And I, we'd love to have you on to be our first guest Absolutely. Um, yeah, that night, that. too. So look for that November 3rd. Uh, so we can. Well, yes. Yeah, so we'll actually, so I'll be hopefully yeah. leaving the party coming here. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Welcome to the Black Republican Black <laughs> yeah. Democrat. 
Um, but where can people uh, find you and um, volunteer, help, donate? Um, is there a couple of websites you got? Yes, thank you. So our website is www.clintconnor, and my last name is E-R, not O-R, uh, clintconnor2021.com. clintconnor2021.com. Cool. We also have Facebook, uh, Clint Connor for Mayor, and you'll see uh, kind of an up-to-date daily uh, dose of what we're doing, where we are, stories, stories about what we're hearing. And um, you can learn a lot about me and the city, frankly, that way. And um, if you want to sign up to help, that would be at our website, clintconnor2021.com. You can donate there. Um, so we're getting the word out. I, you know, Based on the reception we've been getting so far, we will win this yeah. if we reach enough people. But reaching people uh, is is costly because of advertising costs, et cetera, and just you know getting out there. So if you know you could help by donating, that's through our website, and it's uh, we've got the link through Act Blue. So if you hit donate, you go right through Act Blue. It's one click. Ooh, Act Blue. This is something Yikes. that yeah Republicans don't get. Excuse me. And uh, yeah, and you uh, had me right to there. Yeah. <laughs> and then at the same place, you can uh, you know we, our lawn signs are going up all over the city. It's really uh, really remarkable. You can get a free lawn sign by that what through that website. You can also sign up to help either phone banking or door knocking and uh, you can also just sign up to get our newsletter i seen uh clint connor sign on 14th and newton the other day okay 14th and newton yeah dude i don't know anything what that means but oh if well, you say so well 14th and newton i mean uh, it, it, it's it's <laughs> it's north side straight hood and it's straight hood right. it's straight straight hood so yeah. i'm like Wow. <laughs> All right. And I knew that it, it definitely was a black person's house. I, I know who they were. but So full disclosure, I'm working with Clint. And I didn't help put the sign up. I don't even know the person. <laughs> yeah, cool. So when I rode by, I was pretty damn pleased. That means his message is spreading. His message is working. And so we bid you good luck uh, throughout the campaign. And then, uh, you know, Thank again, you. full disclosure, I'll be working my ass off to make sure that you are our next uh, mayor because I believe in you and I believe in your message. And uh uh, what your plans that you have for the city? Well, so, you are—it's uh, it's been an honor to work with you, and Appreciate so that. thankful you joined us. Put it that oh, way. Well. And uh, thanks Good everybody time. for tuning in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, next oh, week, oh, next week, next week we have uh, CC Davis, who's running for Congress against uh, Ilhan Omar. She's running for the Democrat, uh, for the sorry, the Republican endorsement. So I have her on next week. So please, she's tune coming. In. She's coming. Dude, man. we're gonna have a great show because yeah, you know, you know. After that, we have Benson, and and then you know, Rip Thompson is gonna come on. Too. Oh, Gonna be in there so we got it, you know. So yeah, this is going. We're gonna have some action-packed money. So again, we want to thank you guys for joining us. Thank you, thank you. I'm Jamar. I'm AK. Well, who are you? I'm AK. Oh, okay. Uh, and, and this is Black Republican, Black Democrat. We want to thank our guest tonight, um, Click Connor. Go to his website, check him out. He's a great dude. Donate, do anything you can to help uh, him become the next mayor of the city of Minneapolis. Again, have a great night, guys. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having us. Peace, peace.